Welcome to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. They're a league of lady lawyers in an all-female law firm in Omaha, Nebraska called Hightower Ref Law. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of what it's like to be a lady lawyer and an entrepreneur. Now it's time to talk about the law, share real-life stories about representing clients, and discuss the current events of the week. It's the Lady Lawyer League podcast with Susan Ref and Tracy Hightower Henney. On today's podcast, we have Joy Katharima here, and Joy is one of our associate attorneys. We're going to be learning all about Joy and her background and what makes her tick and her interests and all the cool things that make up Joy. So welcome, Joy. Thank you. Hello. Tracy's here, too. So it's, a, it's the three of us today. Hey, everyone. I just spent a week in Yellowstone. Uh, lesson learned is you cannot fly with bear spray. Tip. What? Like like your pepper spray bear spray? So when we got there, we bought bear spray thinking, I don't know, I, we must have thought we were going to go hiking in the backwoods and see a bear, which clearly didn't happen. We did see a bear from the car, so we didn't need the bear spray. And then we never opened the bear spray, and it was like $40. It's expensive, yeah. And so we go to fly, and it's in our, lu- our checked luggage, and the gal says, do you have any bear spray or lithium batteries and whatever else she lists off? And... We said, yeah, actually, we have bear spray. And she goes, okay, you can't fly with that. And I said, really? What would happen? Would it, like, blow up? And then I was like, oh, crap. I said blow up, bomb, you know, all this <laughs> stuff. And I shouldn't have said that. And she says, if it opens or whatever, it can blind the captain. And I was like, oh, Jesus, we don't want that. Take it, take it. And then my husband, of course, was like, oh, my God, that was $40. And I was like, Tom, we don't need the bear spray. So that happened yesterday. When we were in Montana in June, we also got bear spray because we also thought we would see a bear. (laughs) And we also only saw one from the car. But we just left ours in the Airbnb because we're like, there's no bears in Nebraska for us to drive it all the way back here. Right. mm -hmm. Oh, you were driving. But we drove. Yeah, we didn't have to worry about flying. Uh, Yeah. So bear spray gets left at airports. Mm -hmm. That's so is it like does it look like a pepper spray little can or what's it like it looks like a big bug spray can yeah. like mm-hmm. it's big okay. it's not just a little pepper yeah, spray because it goes far yeah it's almost like a fire extinguisher for bears so when, yes. when you're hiking you got to have like a big pack pack for your bear spray i mean can. it's like a water bottle yeah. size yeah you could put it on like a belt hook or something depending on how you hike i don't know you'd want to have it easily accessible yeah Whoosh. yeah because like they say you're supposed to t- make go hiking with lots of people or at least more than just you so that way the conversation that you're having should be able to keep bears at bay otherwise so you don't startle them so you don't startle them yeah because that's what gets them spooked and then they're like what's happening and you're supposed to like sing songs as you're hiking and things none of that happened on my trip so (laughs) we were good (laughs) wow that is not what I was thinking I would hear about today bear spray so now I'm educated do not fly with bear spray spray. don't blind the captain (laughs) I was like, how is it getting from my bag to the captain? And she's like, you'll blind everyone, but we only care about the captain. And I was like, oh, that's fair. Makes sense. Yeah. She was protecting you from yourself. Yeah. That's right. Really? Right. Hmm. That's that is interesting. So, Joy, I've heard a lot about you already, and I'm so excited to like hear this all in one podcast. (laughs) Um, So one of the things that I think is so interesting about people is what did you want to be when you grow up? And. If you know about Susan and I, it was the same thing. So tell us about you. Um, that's a great question. I think that 
when I was younger, I wanted to be a doctor because I think everyone wants to be a doctor because it's like sounds cool. Um, I had no idea what a doctor does. It just sounded like, yeah, I'm going to be a doctor. Just a general just doctor. A, well, I wanted to be a pediatrician um, because I like kids. And I was like, oh, that'd be so cool to be able to help and heal kids. And this was when like growing up in like late 90s, you know, when like the Cosby show was on and like you saw him. You never saw him actually take care of kids, but he said he was a pediatrician. I was like, that's pretty cool. Or, um, you know, so stuff like that. That's what I really wanted to be. And then in high school, I did not love my science classes as much as I thought I would. <laughs> um, what about math? Were you good at math? Um, I was okay at math. I had some really good math teachers who made me like math more than I thought I would. I was good at it in the sense that I was in advanced math, but I never loved it and then I had some really great math teachers who was like oh yeah I actually really like this but I not enough to like pursue any part of it any career that had to utilize a lot of it yeah usually the good indication when a child doesn't like or isn't good at math is they could be a lawyer someday yeah (laughs) yeah I loved reading I read a lot my sister and I were like avid readers so uh, my family and I we immigrated to the U.S. in 1997 from Kenya and um, my dad was in a master's program at um, Southern Methodist University in Dallas and so and then my mom was working and so my sister and I were kind of latchkey kids before which honestly I just heard learned what the phrase latchkey kids means and now I'm like yeah we were latchkey kids um, so the word latchkey makes me think of the word tchotchke yeah which is very hard to spell so can you spell latchkey 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 I think it's just l-a-t-c-h-k-e-y I would think oh latchkey latch okay key. yeah, yeah. I would not is have gotten that very different because there's like silent t's and stuff in there's there. t's and z's and <laughs> yeah. more t's and a k I think yeah I think latchkey is just as like Tra- how it's it like latch, latch key. key yeah so we read a lot we were very avid readers and so maybe that's where I wanted to be a lo- I, I don't think law was in my mind until college probably so then what changed in college um so I went to UNO for my undergrad here in Omaha and I was on the speech team and I loved that I was did debate in high school and I loved that and you know how people always like if you like to argue you'd make a good lawyer and I don't (laughs) think that's necessarily true but um I was doing a lot of pre-law things so I was like on a pre-law track I took a lot of poli-sci classes sociology classes so it felt like the next step and then I took the LSAT my senior year of college I hated my score I was so sad I was like I'm never gonna get into law school with this score so I was like cool I'm not going I literally was like okay I'm not going and I luckily didn't have any student loans so and I was like okay so I'm just gonna work and that's what I did um and tell us about that job I'm so excited (laughs) so I worked a couple different jobs in between the time when I graduated and went to law school. So one, I worked as a counselor for uh, kids with addiction and behavioral health issues at a group home. It was great. The kids were wild, fascinating kids. Um, And then I think my schedule got changed and I didn't like working weekends. So I was like, okay, I need a different job. I need, (laughs) I was like, I was trying to get to an eight to five. That was my So don't be a lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I didn't want to work weekends. And so my sister had just gotten hired as a matchmaker, and she's like, yeah, you should come. And I was like, okay. And so she and I worked um, together for almost a year um, at this matchmaking company. Like, we worked in customer service together, and it was fascinating. It was um, not what I expected. I think that 
I was so young at the time that I really truly didn't realize how lonely people get and how much people are willing to pay money to not be lonely. A lot of a money. A lot of money. A so, lot of money. It was... Whew. Was this like a face-to-face matchmaking company or no. online service? Yeah. Okay. So the way it worked is that there was salespeople. So um, there were salespeople located in the different places. So I specifically worked for Louisiana Singles. So there were salespeople who were located in like Metairie, uh, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans who were selling the packages. And then the people would be entered into the database and then I would be matching them. So I'd literally... From s- Omaha. From Omaha. <laughs> oh, you were like the person that like would like look at the profile yes yeah so i'd look at the profile there was like questions that they had to answer and then i'd see like compare be like okay is this person within their age range is this person location wise where are they um looking to see if they answered the same types of things and then i would like send out the match and it was the way that they worked the company was like it was like a blind match so you didn't get a photo or anything they'd have to like go on a date and usually they'd report back and let us know how it went and it was a wild ride because there are some people a lot of the people who were in the system were like older either widowed or divorces like 60s 50s or 60s couple older folks and there were some of them who they you would match them and they'd immediately ask to exchange photos and then i would always get a call like joy how dare you match me with this person do you think i'm ugly and i'm like I, I, they're cute. I don't know what you want me to tell me. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And they would be so upset. They're like, Joy, I need to meet with you so you know how. I, I just don't think that these photos that you guys have are really doing me justice. You have to just meet me. And I'd be like, well, you want to fly me down? I'm, I'm happy to come to New Orleans and eat some good food. I was like, otherwise, you got to come to Omaha, Nebraska. And they're like, oh, well, I don't think that's possible. And I'm like, okay. They would ruin their own dates because they'd get into topics on first dates that we'd have to coach them. It was literally like a whole process. Some of these folks hadn't dated for like 20, 30 years. Wait, and there's also a reason they're single probably. Yeah, they would <laughs> they would trauma dump on their first date. They would talk about all those topics that are told not to talk about, like religion, politics, all this type of stuff. And they'd be like, I just don't know where it went wrong. And I'm just listening. I'm like, I can tell you six different places that it went wrong. So this was good training for your career as a divorce lawyer. This is yes. this is awesome. This yeah. path. It's a precursor. I was trying to make love matches and now I break up. Well, I'm not breaking them up, but That's I'm right. helping people remove themselves from their former love match. What if you were doing the divorce of someone that you matched? Oh, well, I never matched anyone in Nebraska, but that would be wild if I was. Oh, God, I would feel so bad somehow. I honestly... Well, it wouldn't be my fault, I don't I think. I just always think about doing a matchmaking service with the clients that we divorce. But the Joy problem is... Joy would probably is, be the best one yeah, to do it. All right, Joy, here's our post-care decree, post-decree care package. Meet with Joy, and she'll set you up. But the problem is, is that most of our divorce clients are already dating someone before their divorce is done or before they even come to us. No, they're not. They're They are so moved on. Some people bounce right back into that dating market, which, I mean, it's fair. If you've been in a 15-year marriage or you were unhappy, you're like, I got to get. Yeah, I was like, I got to get out of here and meet 
who's out there and maybe there's way better well there usually is way better people so so why ultimately did you go to law school then after the matchmaking you saw that that wasn't where it was (laughs) yeah matchmaking wasn't gonna be my long-term career it was actually on a trip to one of my best friend's wedding in South Dakota my sister and I were driving there she was getting married um, in Custer South Dakota on Valentine's Day and my sister I was like trying to figure out I'm like I don't know what I need to do next. I'm like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. I don't know what my career is going to be. And so I was like, I mean, I need to go to grad school. And I was really trying to figure out whether I was going to go to law school or go to do higher ed. I had done a lot of different leadership positions in college that did a lot of higher ed and academic success. And I loved it. I loved working with college students. It was just so interesting. So I was really trying to figure out what would be the best avenue? And like during that trip, my sister and I were just talking about, I'm like, well, I think if I got a law degree, it might be a little bit more useful in the sense that if I really didn't want to practice law, I could use that to kind of put myself in a position to work in higher ed in some way. Um, So that's where it kind of went. Um, I had initially thought about immigration law because my family and I were immigrants. I'd seen firsthand kind of the process of what family-based immigration can look like so that had been the first thing so it ended up being that's when I was like okay I gotta start studying for the LSAT again and do all of that so it and then it just kind of happened I got into school and went from there awesome how how much time did you take off between college Um, and law school I took two years off yeah, two two years. It felt like a lot longer, but only all two. that matchmaking. All, it was a yeah. It was a time. There was a lot of experiences had with that. So then you went to law school, and what was your first job after law school? Yeah, so um, I went to law school in Lincoln, and then after law school, I went back to my law school and worked in admissions. So I worked as a recruiter for students. So I was traveling a lot. That would have been the fall of 2019. So Did you ever go to New Orleans? No, I didn't you're go like, to New hey, Orleans. like, hey, ma'am, I'm what, you want to meet me now? Here I, I am. I should have. There was some of my, some of those customers I had through there. I really, really liked them. And I was like, I would absolutely have met up with them. They would have been a good time. But um, no, I ended up, I went to Atlanta. I went to LA, went to Wisconsin, went to Texas. It was great. Like I just... I got to kind of do that same thing where I got to work with college students, kind of talk to them about why you should go to law school, specifically why you should go to Nebraska law. Yeah. (laughs) And kind of hype up the school. Um, It was great. I had I loved the ladies in admissions at Nebraska. They were one of the reasons I chose that law school. And so it was great to kind of work with them. And it was very much like a safe kind of landing spot after the bar and all of that before I ended up at Hightower. Hightower Ref Law. Law. Tracy knew your sister, and that's kind of how you heard about the job, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. So I didn't know that Hightower Ref Law existed prior to um, my sister and Tracy are in a networking group. And I was looking for a practice job because, you know, I spent all this money on this degree and I wasn't using it. And um, the admissions job was never going to be like a full-time job. It was a contract position for for two years. So that was my uh-huh. plan was to be there for two years and then find a practice job. And so um, it was the same time that Hightower Ref was looking for an attorney. One of your attorneys was going to be leaving. So it just kind of like happened that I only ended up having to be in admissions for a year. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Just kidding. <laughs> no, you always say that that you don't like that saying. Me? Yeah. I've said that before? Yeah, because the rest isn't history. Right. The rest is the future. It's the future and the present, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It just sounded like a dun-dun-dun <laughs> type thing to say. 
So besides um, handling divorce cases, what are some of the other things that you're doing around here? Yeah, so I'm also doing estate planning. I'm working with Tasha, learning how to do estate planning. I did some estate planning in law school um, through our civil clinic that we did estate planning for specifically people over 65 who are low income. So I have some experience with it. So Tasha is kind of helping me learn how to learn the ropes of it so that way I can take on some estate planning clients of my own. Um, and then I primarily do family law, including divorce and modification cases. Because to do estate planning, you don't need to have an estate. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone, you do not have to have lots and lots of money to have an estate plan. Everyone should have that peace of mind of what is going to happen to your loved one's things um, before they pass. And it's helpful to have them help you plan so that way they know what's going to be happening to their things. And it's also a great way to build wealth for your family. And wealth doesn't mean millions. Like life insurance policies, all of those things can provide a lot of safety nets um, for families. And I think that a lot of people think that you have to have millions to be estate planning, and that is not true at all. Only billions. <laughs> <laughs> so when you joined our firm, um, you really gave me a run for money, my money as the plant lady here. Because, okay, so if you've not been in my office, I have, I don't know. Four, a jungle. I have four or five plants in my office. Whoa, you have like 12. I have a lot of plants in my <laughs> office. <laughs> I'm going to go count them. I'll be right back. <laughs> and, and we have a few plants like in the common spaces of our office. And then Joy came and she was like, you know, my family, you know, we've always had plants. My mom or my dad's really into it. My sister's into it. I'm into it. And then she shows up, and she's just not talking this cutesy little plant that you sit on the corner of your desk like some of mine. She is talking about these huge, big, yes. giant pots. And I don't know how many you have in your office, but you definitely have large plants. Yes, I have very big plants. So, yeah, like, like Susan said, my dad has always had a green thumb, and so... Um, in law school my first year I was really really sad and so he's like here's some something to take care of he's like it'll help you feel better and so he gave me my first plant um, and it was just in like a maybe like a six inch pot it was a monstera which at the time I was not deep into the plant fandom so I didn't know that monsteras are a big deal in the plant world and so my dad gives me this a cutting from his mature monstera and now it's in a I don't even know how big it is. 42 inch yeah, pot. Yeah, 42 inch pot. It's huge. Uh, my sister has a baby from his and we take side by side photos of how big they've grown. And I have, I don't know, I have quite a few plants. I also am rehabbing some plants. One of them has died She's in that rehab process. Yeah. Um, I but, think I gave it to you and it was dead. Yeah. So. And then there's an ivy that I'm rehabbing for Tara, one of our other attorneys, because I also have a humidifier in my office because I am serious about my plant love. So. so Joy was out of town for two work weeks and I was like, Joy, do you need like anyone to help with your plants? And you were like, nope. As soon as you got back to town, you were like, I'm going to the office. And it was at like 10 o'clock at night on yes. a, like a Saturday night or something. And I was like, oh, she didn't even want anyone to touch them either. No, no. <laughs> I am very serious about my plant care. I literally texted our group chat. I'm like, what's the code to get in again? I have to check on my plants. And they were all fine. They all survived my vacation without me. But we have a lot of great windows in the office. So they are thriving. Do you name there. them? 
So I had started naming them, but then I keep forgetting their names that I originally <laughs> named them. So I don't. My sister's named most of her plants, and like she'll refer to them as their names, and I'm just like, no. But they I need do name talk tags. to them. Yeah. yeah. Hello, my name is. Yeah. My niece names makes name tags for her plants, and <laughs> so yeah. I should have her make some for mine. But I I'll talk to them, and I like wipe them down when I water them. I wipe down their leaves and all of that. But I don't name them and I feel kind of bad because they deserve an identity but I don't name my plants either I think that makes me yeah. feel better it's hard and sometimes the name a, doesn't fit pe- like people name their cars yeah. and they name their okay I have named my car <laughs> what's your car's name my car's name is Huck the Hyundai oh that's nice yeah and so it's a boy and, well, <laughs> or is it it's I don't know all I feel like all the things I own are girls always but I don't know I just picked the name Hug because I needed an alliterative name. Non-gender. Yeah. Yeah. And my last car was LaToya the Toyota. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I also don't think cars have gender, right? No. It's just a machine. (laughs) But it's personal because it's like I drive her every every day. So. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you came here, too, I think you made it really clear to us that community service was something that is important to you. So tell us about that. What are those important things to you? Yeah, yeah. I think that often, particularly with this degree, um, people put on lawyers on a pedestal and look at them to be leaders of their community. And oftentimes that could be well-deserved and well-earned. Other times, sometimes it's not. Um, But I think that if there's a way for me to give back with this education that I've received, I want to. So Legal Aid has a divorce clinic that they do remotely um, for different people around Nebraska. So I do that um, twice a month. Um, I also like I said, I love hanging out with kids. I think they're so interesting. Like my niece is 16 and like hearing what goes on in her life is fascinating. So I am also a mentor for with Partnership for Kids. This is going to be my first year doing that. And then I'm also on the Girls Guild for Girls Inc. Um, so we help kind of support the mentors for Girls Inc. as well as the staff folks who work at Girls Inc. And you're also doing some stuff with Legal Aid. Yes, that's the Legal Aid Divorce Clinic. Oh, yes. And we know it also sometimes is the Rural Divorce Clinic. Yes, yeah, yeah, because it primarily serves folks who are in rural counties because there's not a lot of attorneys in rural Nebraska. Um, I think, last count, I think there's like six or seven counties in Nebraska that just don't have a single attorney that lives there. It's the Rural Practice Initiative. Yes. Oh, initiative. Yeah. Yeah. Will it ever stop being the initiative? Because that sounds like an initial type thing. I'm not in charge. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't have naming I rights. I the fifth. This, this problem with lawyers in rural areas is not new, but I think it's, and I think it's only getting worse because it's been around since I started practicing law. There's places that there's no lawyers. There's places that they can't fill, you know, jobs in the courthouse because there's just not people that are living in those small rural communities anymore. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that there's not someone that needs an attorney for whatever they might need an attorney for. Exactly. Access to justice is always a big issue when you kind of, and I mean, even here, it still is even in Omaha and Lincoln. But I think when there's no one even there to go to, it makes it that much harder. So the other thing that uh, Joy is way deep into is like pop culture. (laughs) I am always on the internets in some way, whether that be Twitter or Mainly Twitter and t- TikTok, but but if anybody needs to know what's going on, like with so and so and their like celebrity gossip, yes. Joy, it's either Joy or Aaron, yeah. right? We got it covered, yeah, in our yeah. office. Mm-hmm. 
So like who are some of the people that you follow and like kind of like look at on a regular basis? Beyonce. Oh, absolutely. I, I, my love for Beyonce knows no bounds. I love her. If she ever hears this podcast, Beyonce, I love you. That was actually my dream job in law school. Our torts professor asked us to write down on our <clears throat> note card on our first day of law school in her class, like, what would be our dream legal job? And I wrote down, I'm like, I want to be a lawyer for Beyonce's entertainment company for Parkwood Entertainment. I think that would be so this cool. This is a temporary job, isn't it, Joy? You're just staying <laughs> have, here until that job opens. I have no entertainment law experience. <laughs> nothing do I know about it. But I think that would be so cool to work for her. Also, to know what her non-disclosures look like. Because nobody knows what Beyonce is doing ever. She just drops stuff and it's like explodes Ooh. the internet and I want to know how does she keep people from talking about it how did she make two different albums drop them without people leaking anything like that in a day and age of social media yeah. is commendable so I want to know how what does her legal team look like that's what I would so she could drop a new album tomorrow and no one knows no one would know that's how she did her self-titled album it literally came out my sister and I were already going to a Beyonce concert that like two days from then in St. Louis and then my roommate texted me she's like I think Beyonce just dropped an album I'm like what are you talking about there hasn't been any chatter about that literally get on the internet and self-titled is just there just there wow and so my sister and I drove eight hours through a blizzard the week of my finals <laughs> week for college to a Beyonce concert listening to her new album and then cool. I had to write a 12 page paper when I came back and it was all worth it <laughs> yes yeah wow mm-hmm. I didn't know that you were such a Beyonce fan love her I've been to three of her concerts I wish I could have gone I didn't go to the Formation World Tour after she dropped Lemonade and that will be one of my biggest regrets because it looked so good it looked so good everyone the videos on the internet looked so good did she do anything in Vegas um no she's not in Vegas no she I don't think she's at the stage in her career that she's doing a residency oh yeah we're that's still, later right that's yeah. sh- share that's share material <laughs> yeah. everyone is still hoping <laughs> that Beyonce will, yeah will drop another album and do another world tour once the pandemics are over the and plural pandemic the plural pandemics ponderosas are over then we can hopefully panorama who yeah. else other than Beyonce um celebrity wise I don't follow that many celebrities I just I feel like I'm always on the internet, so I'm always know when things are happening. So it's like, you know, whatever, everything that was happening with the baby, I was seeing like the real time cancellation of all the festivals being like, no, 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 no. And then I was like, okay. Um, or like Kanye just dropped a video for his new album yesterday, and that's been blowing up the internet. And I mean, Kanye is incredibly problematic as a person, but my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is still one of the best albums I've ever heard. So it's, one of those things where um, that was been was the chatter on Twitter is like, how do you separate the art from the artist? And people have done that with Kanye because he has enough of art to look at. And then people are like, DaBaby has not, does not produced enough good art to separate his homophobia and transphobia from the artist. But people somehow can do that for Kanye mm. because he has this whole, you know, all of these albums that he's released, his you know, G easy line or whatever. So it's like they can separate those two things. Is that maybe what happened with Michael Jackson too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, I'm, I mean, I think that's just how pop culture. And maybe works. R. Kelly. Yeah. R. Kelly, I feel like he got his cancellation now. Yeah. And, but people still like, there's some music that are, is so ingrained in the culture that it's like, how do you remove 
those things that are so integral to how some people have celebrated with their families to this like monster of a person it's the same thing with like Bill Cosby like I feel like for a lot of black families the Cosby show was so good like it was we would watch it all the time and now to see like yeah what happened with him it's like okay how and but then there's also the people who have been apologists for the things that he's done so it really does make it hard to like watch that show without feeling icky right so you're like all the interactions you're now seeing it played through a different lens and you're like okay maybe i can't separate the art from the artist because it's just so infused with bill cosby as america's dad and now bill cosby the rapist it's like right very different things so my stepbrother and i got in kind of a, a, a fight about this that he um i was i we were talking about michael jackson and like how great is his music was and how long his career was and all of that. And we were talking about it and he, you know, he was like, I, I just can't listen to it anymore. And you know, I was like, I value that. I respect that. And then the other day he posted something and I'm, I'm not going to remember what it was, but he was saying that he was listening to someone's music. And I was like, I think it was like Morrissey or somebody. And I'm like, what? Stop. Mm-hmm. Like, so Michael Jackson's okay. Like you're you cut out Michael Jackson, but you haven't cut out Morrissey, mm-hmm. and or and I, and I don't even remember if it was actually Morrissey. So I'm just using that as an example. But like, do you do that? Like, if you find out, you know, the negative. I mean, like we can like develop our opinion about mm-hmm. somebody and some in their music or their their craft, and then we find out who they really are or opposing yeah. counsel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think oftentimes, like the the people who, who have been quote unquote canceled aren't people that I was necessarily that deep into. Like I will say, I did go to a DaBaby concert right before the world shut down in March of 2020 when he was at Pinnacle Bank. We literally went for the song that he is featured, Megan The Stallion's song that he's featured on. That played five minutes into his set, and then we left. And you left. <laughs> I was like, we paid all of that. And also, it was not a good set. It He just, it was not great. So it's like, but a lot of those people, it was like, I'm like, okay, well, I don't least listen to the to baby's music that much, so I don't really care. Bill Cosby was a little bit harder, but it was also like, it was like, I can't watch these things anymore without viewing it. But then I think there's so much, um, there's actually a podcast that I listen to that talks about this fanti that specifically, how do you separate those two things? So it's like, I love Beyonce. I love her, but it's also like, how does someone ethically become a billionaire in our in our world, right? Like no one becomes a billionaire without exploiting someone. Beyonce is a billionaire. Rihanna just became a billionaire. It's like, how do, how do I... Ex- separate those things from these artists that I love I think it's just the pull the tension of humanity and what you do personally like I love Beyonce I still listen to her music I bought her Ivy Park stuff when it dropped I have contributed to her like billionaire status yeah and also she's a billionaire so she has an estate plan right (laughs) that's true so it's maybe yeah I would think so uh, I think so yeah Yeah, and she also has three kids Prince didn't have one Prince Prince did did not not have have a estate plan or they have never found billions then he was right under billions so I think it's I I think it's a personal choice obviously but I think it's one of those things that you collectively have to kind of decide. It's the same thing with like Chick-fil-A. Like you have to decide, are you going to support some company that you know where their funds go or are you not going to and then make that personal choice? And then it's kind of like, I mind my business. Like if someone else is going to, it's like, okay, well, I personally won't make those choices, but you do you. (laughs) Did you use the word disfantize or something like that? 
No, wait, did I? No, I didn't hear okay. it. Oh. I thought you said I listen, I follow a podcast. Oh, called Fanti. Oh, it's okay. called Fanti, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fanti. So mm-hmm. tell us what you like about working at Hightower Rough Law. Yeah, I love that it's such a, I don't know if communal is the right word. I can't think of the right that word. That sounds like a bathroom. Yeah, but it's very collaborative. <laughs> collaborative. Um, it's a very collaborative um, work atmosphere. I can... The number of times I walk into another attorney's office and I'm like, hey, I have a quick question um, and explain my situation that's going on. I feel like I do that to Tara because our offices are right beside each other at least three times a day. I'm like, hey, Tara, do you have just just a quick second? I and then just- she's like, here's a plant that you need to rehab yeah. now in, in payment. <laughs> so. That's one of my favorite things. Also, you know, my friend Deanna and I went to law school. I, I don't know. I think Deanna will be introduced in the, soon on the podcast. But I love being able to work with her from law school. One of my friends from law school is also going to be starting here soon. So it's great to be able to see them more regularly as well. And it's also, I think that the firm is so well respected. Every time I tell someone that I work at Hightower Ref, they're like, oh, my God, I love them. And I'm like, yeah. You should. Yeah. I also work there, so that means you love me. <laughs> and so I I think that, that that part is really great, too. I think it's, yeah, I think that's really important that, like, Hightower Ref Law is all of us. It's not just Susan and Tracy. And so when people are like, I love them, it's like, yeah, you do. All of us. Mm-hmm. Very much. Very much. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. a good note to end on. Yes. Like, why Joy loves it here. <laughs> So, uh, Joy, going forward, um, divorces and estate planning, right, are definitely cases that you're going to be handling. Yeah. And if someone wants help matchmaking, (laughs) hit me up for that, too. You're going to hustle on the side? Yeah. We can maybe find you a new boo to love on (laughs) post-divorce. I can help you set up your online dating profile. That part I can there do you very go. well. <laughs> I was uh, watching something on Hulu and Match.com is like all over ads right now. And they're like Zoom dating. And I was like, ooh, I don't know if I would have liked that. Mm-hmm. I liked the AOL Messenger at, when I was on it. So someone hires Joy for their divorce, but 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 really they just want her to match make for them when they're done with their divorce. Mm-hmm. An added bonus. Good package. (laughs) Awesome. It's now time for your random moment of nonsense on the Lady Lawyer League podcast. And my my sister's phone memories that just came up when you had messaged her about me applying to work here. Oh, you know, I remembered that after the pool day last week. I was like, yeah, that was like the best thing ever. I was like, I almost tried to drink the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) So are we recording? Did that get recorded? <laughs> Let's use that. <laughs> we did, we Aaron and um, Joy had a pop session before we started to like loosen up a little, and mm-hmm. that's like yeah. We came up with a nonsense idea mm-hmm. to do that. Totally just the is that your contact? What is that? No, it's the rubber. Thing. Oh, I was like, what is that? I was like, I was like, I was like, Tracy, I was like, are your eyes? <laughs> Yeah, just came out. Yeah. They're all gone now. Yeah. What did you call it? Law nonsense? Or uh, moment of nonsense. Yeah. Like following each episode with like like a quickie like nonsense moment that he just recorded. Oh, I just rolled my eyes in court like ten times. And my eyes were hurting. Rolling. Yes. <laughs> I was like She was like, I can't hula hoop, so I have to do my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> At the judge or at the other person? At the other attorney. 
Ooh. Have you ever rolled your eyes at the judge? Yeah. I yeah, I'm sure I have. Did the no, because they're too blind. But it was just like this position that like we tried to settle beforehand, and and all of a sudden like in court he's like, oh, we'll stipulate to that, and I was like, that's thing what I did in court. I was like, oh. <laughs> what is that? What is that called when you go? <laughs> An UG. I don't know if there's a word like a that's exasperated a sigh. Yeah, that that, so that, that that'd be yeah. what on the narration on your closed captioning. Exasperated yeah, sigh. exasperated sigh. <laughs> Jazz music <laughs> is playing. <laughs> okay, ready? So, two quick notes. So, really good job on the stories in the last episode. So, just the mini story, personal stories. Um, so, if they ask you, you know, uh, what was it like growing up? In Don't say fine. It was fine. Don't just say it was great. Some elaboration. Okay. Yeah. Some collaboration. Yeah. So I like to get I'd like to get away you did it last episode of saying, So what's new with you this week? Instead just start talking about what's new with you this week. So on today's episode we're gonna get to yada and then and then Something really cool that's coming up is this barrister's ball. Yeah, you just started talking about it. So like if if Tracy like let's say you're uh there's a crack in your pool and I was like, you had a crack in your pool? Oh, dang. I have something I have something to say about it. Yeah, so they just jump in okay. that though, like, so not, the, I have a not about my pool. I found C B D water in Montana, by the way. Whoa. Best thing ever. I need to find it here. No. No, because no, Montana, you have to be a Montana resident to buy anything with THC in it. But it was um, CBD sparkling water in a can. Yeah, they have CBD powder that you can order here. Well, remember no, that this was ju- It was just like LaCroix with CBD, and I was yeah, like, that's what that I want. Here. This, yeah, they have oh, tasteless good, I gotta packets of CBD that you can put into Where did I see that? Anything. I think it's called Daily Trip. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, one. Uh, yeah, it's like in a can. Yeah. I mean, I have CBD oil drops, but I just like to, I just want the water. Yeah, she's like all you go to the go to the CBD store. Okay, mm-hmm. they have everything. All I know they, is they, they have that new like it's like marijuana, but it's not. It's like Delta Eight or something. Delta Eight, because mm-hmm. Delta Nine is marijuana. Yeah. So the dude there is like Here, Delta Eight is not right. You can't legit, and so it's like all the wor- all the things I hate about the reason I don't smoke marijuana. Without any of the positives, like it just it tasted, it smelled. Ew. Oh, you didn't oh. like? It's like, it's, like it's like decaf coffee. But then there was no like. <laughs> There's no <laughs> relaxation, <laughs> no vibes. You're like There's a little bit what of caffeine the purpose? in decaf. <laughs> like, okay, now it's, a, it's like But but coffee. if you're yeah. like a hardcore like, coffee drinker, yeah. that little bit yeah. isn't gonna yeah. touch right. you, right? Oh, it's gross. Yeah. Where do yeah. you go, Matt? Where uh, where's it? Which is there more than one location? Yeah, there's a bunch. There's eight. Yeah. When I go to the there's one on like 156 people. Um, and it used to be like a head shop, but they transitioned into more of like health and wellness with like the CBD stuff. Can you get your like protein powder there too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have, they have CBD protein powder there. Mm. I have CBD tea, but mine actually has THC in it. My mom, Ooh, it's so good. Yummy. Oh, yeah, it'll work, but she fell asleep for, like, five hours. And then she, she probably like, needed yeah. it. Yeah. And you were like, I think she's 
<laughs> she's she's relaxing. Let her live. <laughs> She's alive. My mom had serious health concerns that were physical, and so they she would use oil, like THC oil, because she couldn't do an edible, and like it affected her like really fast. And so it was it was constantly like, how can we get my mom some more pot? <laughs> Did you care when you were younger? Well, yeah, because I always got, we had like bad in my life back then. It was like, because it was a sativa, so it, it would be uh, super friendly. Sativa? Yeah. So there's indica and sativa. Oh. So sativa is like, gives you energy, but it can also be hurt by the first too much of it. What's the other one called? Indica. That's like, makes you, that's for like pain and relax, makes you relax. So you got indica, like in the couch. <laughs> Please. I have it. <laughs> Okay. Are you still doing the at 15 minutes? Or can you do He that? didn't today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, did okay. I miss it? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure they can see you. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So make sure you like make eye contact at 15 minutes. Eye contact, yeah. yeah. Right. And not like Ready? someone in the parking yeah. lot. Okay, Joy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, how do you say your last name again? <laughs> how do you say your first name? <laughs> <laughs> Is Joe? It, it's spelled with an I just for fun. Yeah. Is it Joy? Joy. We would be a good one. <laughs> is it Hoi? We would be a good one. Hui. I think oh, that's a good Chinese. Joy? Mm -hmm. I don't know how you'd spell it, but. Well, thanks for joining us today, Joy. This was awesome to hear about your stories and learn more about you. I learned a lot and laughed a lot, too. Yeah, thanks for having me. Y'all know, like Aaron said, y'all know where to find me. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. And be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about our firm, Hightower Rep Law, please visit our website at hrlawomaha.com. We'll see you next week.